Thanks for tuning in to 318 Live Podcast. If this is your first time, we want you to know that you are loved. And we're praying for you. We're praying that each message will encourage you no matter what journey you find yourself in. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, we are so excited to be here. You can be seated. Um, I, I, I kind of want to figure out who we have in the room. That's just kind of the way I roll. I like to know um, who's in the room. So this is what we're going to do. Everybody practice by putting one hand in the air. I now can see that you can do it. So I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and I want you to raise your hand, okay? If you are under 22, will you raise your hand? Okay. If you are over 22, will you raise your hand? All right. Hey, everybody's like looking around. That's awesome. Put your hands down. If you are married, raise your hand. Yeah, married people are happy about it. That's awesome. If you are dating someone, raise your hand. Some people are like halfway raising their hands. It's awesome. All right, put your hands down. If you are single, raise your hand. Okay, so that's how we have in the room. All right, one more question. If you are a follower of Jesus, you've already made that decision. Will you raise your hand? All right. Okay, so it's basically the whole room. If you are currently serving in a local church, raise your hand. Okay, that's about half the room. All right, well, that's who's in the room. That, it always helps to know who's in the room because now I know that I'm talking to a, a bunch of, of Christian single people. Um, <laughs> and dating people. Come on. Some right. of them soon to be single, I'm sure. That's right. After our talk, we had some people who broke up last time. Yeah, yeah. That's all right. Yeah. Don't be mad about it. We ended some relationships up here. It did. It did. And so, how are you? I'm doing so good. How are you? I'm doing good. Life is good. Yeah. So, um, for those of you who don't know us, of course, we're pastors, but Philip and I um, have been together for 20 years. 20 years. 20 years. We dated for seven years, and uh, we've been married for 13 years. Uh, we have uh, three uh, children, and uh, they are six, three, and one. And uh, so whenever you wonder, like, who, who's speaking to you? How, how, how do they have the credentials to be uh, speaking up here at the, the kiss and tell? Um, we've, been, we've been kissing and telling one another that we loved each other for a long time. And, uh, and that's what... Uh, oh, that was sweet. Oh, yeah, it was sweet. And, uh, and so uh, we want to speak to you from, uh, from these 20 years. Uh, that's what we want to do tonight. Uh, we want to... Uh, challenge you in some ways. We want to encourage you in some other ways. And, and I believe uh, tonight that you'll be glad uh, that you came uh, to church tonight. Let's just open in prayer. And then uh, we're going to start by going into the word of God. Father, we ask in these next few moments that you would simply do what only you can do. God, open up our eyes to see and our ears to hear, our mind to understand, our heart to receive everything that you have for us tonight. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said... Amen. We want to go to the book of Proverbs, uh, the book of Proverbs chapter 1, and uh, we're going to read the first seven, book, uh, first seven verses in the book of Proverbs because here's the reality. Everything in relationship comes down to wisdom. Everything in life comes down to wisdom. It comes down to making good choices. If you want a good relationship, you got to make good choices. If you want to live a good life, you got to make good 
choices. If you want to be a good businessman, you got to make good choices. It doesn't matter what, if you want to be healthy, you got to make good choices. Everything in life comes down to choices, and choices always revolve around wisdom and understanding. And that's what Solomon is writing about. The Bible says he's the the wisest man to ever live. And in, in verse, verse 1 of chapter 1, it says, These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline. Come on, raise your hand if you need wisdom and discipline. Come on, just go ahead and admit it right now. Wisdom and discipline, it's why you are here. To help them understand the insights of the wise. This is the purpose of the book of Proverbs. Some of you are going, Man, I need to read Proverbs more often. I need this wisdom and discipline. Verse 3, their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives. It's interesting that those two things are linked together. They're discipline and success. It's hard to have success without discipline. To help them to do what is right, just, and fair. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge, and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen to these proverbs and become wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance. By exploring the meaning in these proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. You know, it's so important that we understand um, what season we are in. Because that's really what wisdom comes down to. I was looking at your title, and I thought it was great. Love, sex, and dating. Like, just completely the, the wrong order, right? It's like love, sex, and dating. And yet, that's the way that y'all do it. And I know this because that became a thing while I was in college. So it's not new. All right, people stopped dating when I was in college, and I thought it was the weirdest thing I'd ever seen in my life. I had all these girls who were having all these hookups, you know, some of them like for months with the same guy, and I'd be like, how's your boyfriend? And I, well, we're not dating. Really? Tell me more about this not datingness. <laughs> this is fascinating. I mean, really, you are getting more action than most married people not dating. You have to know your season. You have to yeah. know your yeah. season. You, ha you have to know where you are. If you're sitting next to somebody and you are not sure that you're not dating, if you're dating or not, you're not dating. Okay? You're not. You're not dating. If he's not man enough to look at you and say, you know, we are Facebook official, you're not dating. If he doesn't want to introduce you to his mama, you're not dating. If she doesn't want you to meet her friends and y'all just go to like, you know, little taco bars that are off, you know, the beaten path, you are not <laughs> dating. And you've got the order all mixed up. And when things are out of order, you feel disorderly and you feel chaos inside of you and you can't find wisdom to make good decisions. So the first thing we have to understand is that there is a foundation that you have to lay it all on and, and it's the order. And you have to know your season. Yeah, and, and if you feel like that you're going to feel love before you begin to date, then you've got, you've got it all mixed up. Um, because love is really a decision. 
Um, it's a decision that you have to make for the rest of your life. It, it's, it's never, uh, it never just uh, becomes old hat. It's, it's a choice that I make every day to love destiny. What does that mean? It means the same thing whenever you say that you're going to love Jesus. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commands. It means that you're going to live according to uh, a certain way, uh, a certain standard in order to prove to God that we really do love him. It's the same way in marriage that whenever I say I love destiny, that means that I'm going to live according to a certain standard. I'm going to speak to her in a certain way. I'm going to go about things, and that is a choice. And sometimes we think, well, do I love him? Do I love him? And it's like you haven't even gone out to dinner yet. You, you, you haven't spent uh, two months with him yet. And you're like, but do I really love him? Do I really love him? Well, if, if you do love him, then something's messed up. Because you don't know if you really love him yet because it takes time to make the decision of whether, do, whether I want to give you my heart and give you a part of my life and begin to share my life with you. And so whenever you look at the title, you know, there, there can be, uh, you know, like subliminal messages, you know. You know, you, you can say love, sex, and dating. Oh, that's the way it's supposed to go. I fall in love. I have sex. And then we can begin to date. No, 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 no. That's not, that's not God's way. Okay, that's not God's way. And, and we, don't want to, we don't want to fall into the pattern of the world. We want to make sure that we're living according to the pattern of God. Absolutely. And, and you may say, well, what about love at first sight? Anybody love the concept of love at first sight? I do. I just think mm, it's beautiful. But let's, let's call it for what it is. It's chemistry at first sight, right? Mm. Because you see somebody and you go, I could get to know them. <laughs> right? Like, if they ask for my phone number, I'm going to give them my phone number. Mm -hmm. You know, I totally am. This is, this is going to happen. And you kind of scoot a little bit closer. You try to get a friend to kind of enjoy. I don't know how y'all did it because when I started dating Philip, I didn't even have a cell phone, okay? So I have n we actually had to make eye contact when we talked. It was bizarre and crazy and stuff like that. But that's chemistry, right? Yeah. Chemistry. Mm. And, and chemistry is important. Yeah. But chemistry won't last you. And that's why we talk about, you, you know, yeah, you have this chemistry, you have this spark, you think that this could go somewhere. Well, investigate, get to know this person's character, invest a little bit of time. That's why you need to know your season. If you're in the chemistry phase where you guys just keep on accidentally showing up at the same parties... <laughs> Where suddenly you get very invested in becoming a greeter at 318 Live. You've never been interested before, but she's there and she's holding that sign. And you're like, that is the team for me. Hallelujah. <laughs> I am called to serve. <laughs> if that's the season you're in, enjoy that season. But then intentionally move into the next season. Be intentional. Say, okay, now I want to get to know this person. Now I want to get to know their character. Now I want to get to know their friends. Now I want to get to know. And know that that's the season that you're in. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's not just important that you know what season you're in. It's also important that you act the season that you're in. It's not just enough to know the season. You actually have to, to act appropriately for the season that you're in. If you are in a dating phase, um, then don't act like you are in an engaged phase. If you are in an engaged phase of life, don't act like you're already married. You, you have to understand what season you're in. Whenever you're dating and you've been together for a long time, hey, that's not the time to make a joint budget and, and start, start living at each other's houses. That's not the time to uh, start doing each other's laundry and doing all this 
the seeds. Why? Because that's not the right season. And whenever you start, fig- whenever you start uh, jumping ahead into the wrong season, you're going to make mistakes that you never wished that you would have made. And in the end, you're going to end up heartbroken and hurt. And you're going to say, why did this happen to me, God? God, why? 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 But it's because you jumped two or three seasons ahead of God that God was never, God was never there. And you jumped ahead. And, and it's, it's, you could have known your season, well, we're just dating, but we're acting like we're married. I know my city, we're just talking, but I'm acting like we're, we're dating. Don't, don't get ahead of yourself. Don't, don't get into the wrong season. You always have to know your season, but you also have to live out and act as if you are in that season as well. Because that's really like spending money that you don't have. Well, mm. we're, I think we're going to get married, so I'm going to start paying his car payment. Mm-mm. What? Well, I mean, I think she, so I, you know, I'm just going to take care of her as though she were my wife. You know, I have to treat her like my, she's my wife so that she'll become my wife. That's bogus. Know the season that you're in, because this is the problem, is that when you act outside of your season, then you are not able to make good decisions. Because if you've got a joint bank account and you're just dating, that makes breaking up a lot more difficult. If you're relying on him to get to work every morning, it makes breaking up a lot more difficult. If all of your life revolves around this person, it makes breaking up a lot more difficult, and you're not going to be able to make good decisions. You know, and, and one of the things that I would say, too, uh, is in, in knowing that season of dating, um, don't readjust your entire life just to be around them. You, you, Destin and I dated for seven years. I went away to college, then I, I came back. We were we are three years, uh, three and a half years difference in our age. Um, I'd gone away from college, and then when I came back to uh, to be youth pastor here, she was away at college, and uh, we had gone through all of these different seasons. I, I was actually a college football coach for a year in Toledo. We had made all of these things because we weren't just going to go, oh, I just... I can't be away from you. You have to stay in Shreveport. You have to stay here with me. Uh, come be with me. No, 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 no. We lived for seven years in a dating relationship. We were never in the same city for more than six weeks at one time for seven straight years. Because we're just dating. I can talk to you on the phone. I can get to know you by writing letters because email wasn't quite out yet whenever we were whenever That's I went true. to college. I got we, real letters. We were real letters. Put a stamp on it and everything. <laughs> Dropped it off with Mr. Postman. You know what I mean? That's the way that it was. But 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 what what you have to uh, what you have to begin to do is is in that season, live that season of your life. Don't live that season hoping that something else is going to come about. So you change your, your pathway, your trajectory is that, hey, you wanted to go to graduate college, you wanted to go to vet school, you want to do all these things and all of these dreams, and you want to pursue this, and then all of a sudden you start changing all of your life because you just started this relationship six months ago and you think it has potential. Let me tell you, we are proof. We are proof that you can go your way and you can chase after your dream and you can go to the college that you want to go to and you can take the internship that you want to take and you can move and and if it is the will of God God will bring you back together but too many times you get diverted in the season and you're you're not married yet you don't have to make those decisions when you get married you got to make decisions together that's the way that it goes but whenever you're dating don't live in the season as if you're married and you start changing all of your plans and then they change their plan with you 
And you're like, what did I just do for the last two years? I just threw everything away to be here with you, and now you're going to walk away. And all you're doing is sitting there crying, and it's because you didn't understand the season that you were in. You go after your dream. You go after what you want to do. You want you go after it. And if the relationship is God, seven years here, six weeks only, at the same time that we were ever together, and, and we got married and been married for 13 years, so it works. It does. It works. And this is just the last thing I'll say about that. If you want her to stay in town, put a ring on it. Anyway, I'm just saying. I mean, you know, if you That's want a, a different point. outcome, then, then get serious. Mm. But don't expect somebody to put their life on hold while you figure out whether you're comfortable with commitment. Because yeah. that's not fair. Come on. And it's not right. And it's, and it's not the way that we should treat our brothers and sisters. Because the truth of the matter is, is that even though he's my husband and he was my boyfriend and he was my fiance, he, he's my brother in Christ. And I value the destiny and the purpose that is on his life. And I value him. And there is an underlying respect um, for him and for the call of God on his life. And we need to have that for each other. When we look at somebody and we have chemistry, we need to understand that that person has a calling on their life. They have something that God wants them to do, just like you do. And there's a value. Okay, the second thing is this, is you got to know your reason. You have to know your reason. You need to be honest about why you're dating and why you're talking and why you're hanging out with somebody. Um, and, and I know the super spiritual answer is, is I only date towards marriage. Well, good for you, but half of you are lying. Because you came home on summer break and you wanted somebody to hang with, right? You didn't want to be alone on New Year's Eve. You have no intention of getting married anytime in the next two or three years, and yet you just wanted to hang with somebody. Can I just go ahead and set you free and say, that's not a horrible thing, but it is horrible when you express your intentions towards somebody and talk about a reason that isn't real. It just ends up hurting people, and it just isn't fair. I mean, if you're just in it to have fun for a little bit and get to know somebody cool and, I don't know, go to the lake, then say so. Say, hey, you know what? I'm not looking for anything serious, but I think you're really cool, and, you know, who knows what could happen in the future, but I'm really not going to get married anytime in the next you know, whatever. Be honest. And you may say, that will mess up my play. Well, if it does, then you shouldn't play. <laughs> right? So you have to know the reason. And, and you, have to, you have to know your reason. When, when you really are getting serious and you really do th are moving in that direction of, uh, of finding that person that you're going to spend uh, your life with, you, you also need to, to be honest uh, that you, you're not looking for someone to complete you. Okay, you're not you're not looking, you know, people say, you know, they, they say, it, oh, she's my better half. Okay, you you cannot go into relationship half. Okay, if you're going to have a successful relationship, you have to go into that relationship 100 percent whole and two whole people make a happy couple two whole people make a happy marriage two whole people and if you go in with half so you have to know your reason that I'm not looking for someone to complete me I'm not looking for somebody to make me happy I'm not looking for somebody uh, uh, that, that is going to fit in this puzzle piece in my life I'm not looking for that no what I'm looking for is a person to do life with to go on this journey with and together hand in hand we can accomplish the purpose and the 
destiny of God, but I am a whole person apart from you. I don't need you to complete me. I don't need you to make me happy. I am 100% happy and content in God and in him alone, and he is the one that has made me whole. And so, therefore, uh, my whole heart can connect with your whole heart, and now we can begin to do life together. And so you have to know what season are you in. You have to know your reason. Be honest about that reason, and then whenever you really begin to move uh, towards marriage and you begin to move towards engagement, uh, you need to know the reason that you're doing that for, and it's not to find somebody to, to make you happy or make you complete. It's somebody to do life with. Absolutely, and, and, and when we talk about our reason for finding somebody, if you try to find somebody to do for you what only God was meant to do for you, you are setting your relationship up for failure. If you're looking, I want to say that again, for someone to do for you what only God was intended to do for you, you are setting your relationship up for failure. That missing piece of your heart is supposed to be filled by the Holy Spirit. That need for purpose is supposed to be filled by the Great Commission. Yes, it's wonderful to have a life partner. Yes, it's incredible to have someone to journey through life with. But if Philip gets hit by a bus tomorrow, my destiny and my purpose doesn't end. I am not left a half. I am whole. Because when I have the Holy Spirit inside of me, I have everything I need to live life the way that God called me to live it. And sometimes we can use relationships as an excuse not to pursue intimacy with God. We can pour all of our emotions into a guy or a girl. And, and we can just pour all of it. And we can blame all of our issues on them. And we can get all of our, it's just all about them. When God's going, hey, I'm the alpha and the omega. I'm the beginning and the end. I'm the first and the last. I'm the one who created everything. I'm the one who saw you and called you and found you and rescued you. I'm the one, not him. So it's important for us to know our reason. Um, Going back to the scripture, you know, it says fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That means that there is a good fear. There's a good fear. Um, We need to fear the right things in our relationships if we want them to be successful. Yeah, you, you need to fear the right things. The, the scripture says there in, in Proverbs 1, 7, it says, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Okay, they, they, there is a thing that, that we can fear. We need to fear the right things, but, but you need to understand when you don't fear the right things, it comes with a consequence. The Bible says that fools despise wisdom. Fools despise discipline. Fools look down on, on things that they should be looking up to. Fools are, find themselves in the place that, uh, that, they, that they mock and they scorn and, and they disregard certain things. And one of those things is, is what you fear. You have to know what it is to fear the right things because here's what you will discover about what you fear. Your fear will dictate your decisions. What you fear will dictate your decisions. 
um, the the enemy loves to use uh, fear against us, and he you know the enemy does he does this all the time. He takes what what God does, and then he then he you know twists it and he contorts it, and then he takes it and he uses it back against us. So many times uh, we buy into the devil's translation of the story, de- the devil's translation of the Bible, and he speaks the word back to us, but there's always just like one word missing, or or, or it's it's flipped backwards, and he he takes it and he puts it out there in front of us because the enemy uses fear to get what he wants. He makes us afraid of certain things, but God intended to use fear to get what he wanted. He wanted you to be uh, to be afraid of him. And now we understand what that is, that I don't just sit in a corner and go, oh God, God's going to strike me down. That's not the fear that I live with. But how many of you understand, when you understand who God is, it does cause you to tremble a little bit. When you really understand who God is and, and what he did and what he created, it, it does put a little something in your heart. And it's, sometimes it's a little bit more than what the preacher often says. It's just standing in awe of God. No, there have been some moments where I've been afraid of God. There have been some moments when God is so big. There's some moments when you read in the Bible and, and, and David and, and Elijah and some of these people, they are on their face because they are trembling and they are afraid. Why? Because they encounter the magnitude and the magnificence and the power of Almighty God. And it takes them to a place where they say, God, I am afraid of you. And that's a good place to be. Because it's fear that will dictate your decisions. And whenever you live in such a way that you are motivated by the right thing, not that I'm afraid that God's going to turn his back on me, not that I'm afraid that God's going to walk away from me. It is a good, healthy fear that motivates me to live my life according to his word, to live my life in such a way that's holy and righteous, to live my life in such a way that would please him and would honor him. And so many times it's the fear of the Lord that pushes us in that direction. And there's some, there's some fears that will push you in the wrong direction, that will rob you of the right things. The wrong fear will rob you of the right things in your life. And, and you know, the truth is that a lot of fear is just fake. It's just fake. We, we live our life in fear of, of fake um, crises, you know? Well, what if that happens? Okay. Let me play that out and see how that'll go. Actually, I think I will survive. Actually, I think I will go on. Actually, I think it will be okay. Um, One of the fears that Christian um, young adults talk about all the time is fear of missing it. I am so sorry that someone preached a sermon at some point in your life and you heard that good is the robber of best and you somehow decided to apply it to human beings. That's just not nice and it's not fair for you to look at the person that you're with and think to yourself, she's good, but good's the robber of best. That's mean. But there's this fear of I'm going to miss it. There's this one person out there for me, okay? And if I don't find this one person then everything in my life is going to just fall to the earth. Do you know that Paul talks about us having the decision to stay single forever? What happens if your one person decides to stay single? Well, Destiny, I just, I guess I'm just messed up. Well, what if you marry then somebody else's one person? 
oh, well, now it's really, it's really messed up. And what if that person moves to another country? And mar- Do you see how ludicrous this is? Release your heart from this concept and this idea that, that there's only one thing and that you're somehow, that God is standing up there with the answers for your life and is literally saying, oh, oh, don't do that. Oh, I wonder, and going to let you miss it. Yeah. If you're leaning into Jesus with all of your heart and you believe that he's a good father and you have the Holy Spirit leading you, then chill out yeah. and trust God and make a decision. Yeah, that's it. Make a decision. It's okay. You can build a great life with more than one person. You really can. You know how I know this? I know this because I know ladies who are 85 and have been married six times Mm. happily Mm. to different people. (laughs) And by the way, they all died. Okay? They are not divorced one time. This is a real true story. Okay? Well, you may say, Destiny, like, well, are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. It's okay. Just shake it off. Trust God. Fall in love with Jesus. Run after his plan. Go move away. Go do an internship. Move to the other side of the world. Join the Peace Corps. Go just do something. Stop worrying so much about missing it that you just stay in the same little box and concentrate on not missing it. And then you end up missing it because you don't just miss out on the person to marry. You miss out on the adventure of life. Because there's more to life than who you marry. There's more to life than who you're hooking up with. There's more to life than who you have babies with. There's a mission and a calling and an adventure and a purpose for you. And you can have it. You just have to jump up and grab it and do something and stop being afraid of missing it. Instead, be afraid of just not doing anything. I think that's all I wanted to say about that. Mm. Make a choice, people, please. <laughs> but, you know, that we, there are some of those, uh, some other wrong fears that, that rob us. There, there's the fear of just being alone. The fear of being alone. And, and so many times that's, that's, a, that's a fear in our heart because we don't like who we are. And the fear of being alone is not really the fear of being alone. It's really, it's really we just don't like who we are. We, we, we are not content with ourselves, and so then we have this fear of being alone because if I have somebody else, then maybe they can help me. Maybe they can fix me. Maybe they can correct me. Maybe they can help me carry some of this, some of this burden along this journey. But the reality of it is the, the fear of being alone so many times is just a fear of I don't really like who I am. I don't really like the decisions that I'm making. I don't really like uh, where I am in my life and in my mind and in my heart. And so, so we have this fear many times of, of being alone, and it, it is just... It is an un- unrational fear. It is an, it is an ungodly fear. And then we, ha- we have a fear, a fear of failure, a fear that, that, that we're going we're gonna to meet that person. And, and it's that, as Destiny said, maybe it's that one person that we're supposed to do life with. And I'm going to meet that person and somehow I'm going to screw it up. I'm going to blow it. 
I'm, I, I, am, I am not going to be who I need to be, and I'm going to mess everything up, and I'm going to say the wrong things, and I'm going to do the wrong things, and I'm just going to screw up this one relationship. And so it keeps me from doing what? It keeps me from engaging. It keeps me from reaching out. It keeps me from moving forward because I'm so afraid that I am going to fail, and the fear is actually robbing you. These are the wrong fears to have, the fear of missing it, the fear of being alone, the fear of failure, the fear of not measuring up. These are fears that are trying to rob you, but the fear of God is trying to bless you. The, tr- the fear of God is trying to put wisdom in you. The fear of God is trying to put understanding in you. The fear of God is trying to put discipline on the inside of it. The fear of God is trying to fill you and equip you and empower you so that you can be who he called you to be so that you can do what he wants you to do. And it all flows out of being afraid of the right things. Being afraid of the wrong things will rob you. Being afraid of the right thing will bless you. The second thing is we need to face the right things. We need to face the right things. We, we have to understand that we all have issues. Just look at the person next to you and say, you have issues. You do. You do. And, you, you know, the truth of the matter is you could turn right back around and say to the other person, you have no idea. Because they don't. Like, you all know. You know your issues, right? You know your issues. We all have issues. We all have failures. We all have good points. We all have bad points. We have to face the right things. It doesn't do you any good trying to be me, and it doesn't do me any good trying to be you. It doesn't do you any good trying to be Jenny or trying to be Philip or trying to be anybody else. It, it's about being you. Be who you are. Be who you are. Um, you, you know, it, it's important that you face the reality of kind of some of your situations, too. Um, mature people have mature relationships. And if your relationship is immature, it's probably because you're immature. <laughs> and if you want to have a grown-up relationship, maybe you need to grow up. Right? Right? And maybe if you're not ready for a grown-up relationship, you shouldn't be in one. Mm -hmm. And do you know that's okay? That doesn't make you a bad person, but we have to face up to it. You know, people are like, well, I just have a fear of commitment. Okay, own it. Mm -hmm. And when you're no longer afraid of commitment, then get committed. It's okay. It's literally that Simple. It's that simple. We have to face up to the right things. And, and whenever you face up to the right things, and that really comes down to, to just being honest. I mean, just being honest about yourself, being honest about your weaknesses, being honest about your strengths, being honest about who you are and where you are. Be honest about what you're thinking about. Be honest about your plan. Be be honest about everything in your life. You cannot face the right things if you are unwilling to be honest with yourself. I say it all the time. I believe the hardest thing in life is being honest with yourself. I believe it's the hardest thing that we will ever do is just to be gut level, flat, honest with ourselves about who we are and what path we're walking down and what direction that we're moving. And I would say this, if you're, if you're, if you're going to face the right things, if you're going to ask people for wisdom and ask people for advice, then listen. If you're going to ask for advice... Then listen. 
and then take the next step. Actually do what they say to do. Can't tell you how many times people come. Pastor, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you. Okay, great. Let's sit down and talk. We sit down and talk. We talk for 30, 45 minutes, and they tell me all of their story. And, and I say, listen, man, I think this give you some perspective. I think, man, this may be good. You could try this. You could do that. Oh, wow, that's really good. That's really good. And three months later, hey, have you done this, that, or that? Well, no, I just haven't really gotten around to it. Have you read that book? No, have you, have you watched that podcast? No, I haven't really done that yet. Hey, have you got that appointment scheduled with that person that's been through the exact same thing that you're going through right now that I told you would really be able to help you? Well, no, I just haven't made that phone call yet. Okay, then, then, then don't come and ask for wisdom just so you can feel better about yourself. Don't come and ask for advice just so you can feel like you did the right thing. If you're not willing to listen and put it into practice, then don't even come and ask. Come on, just face the reality. Face the reality that I'm stubborn. Face the reality that I don't really want to do anything different right now. Face the reality that I don't want to have the hard conversations. Face the reality that I don't want to do the extra right now. Face the reality that I don't want to go through the pain that I'm going to have to go through to get where I really want to go. Just face the reality. Face the right things. And when you begin to face the right things, then you can begin to be the right person. But whenever you begin to say, you know what, there's some things in my life that I need to address, and you start having those conversations, then start listening to what people tell you, and then start putting those things into practice. And it's amazing what will happen. What will begin to happen is what he writes about here in Proverbs. Then you can begin to live a successful life because people are sharing the wisdom of God with you and when they share the wisdom of God with you you can take it and put it into practice in your life and now all of a sudden you can start getting different results out of your life it's results that you want but it may be not the results that you're getting today and so go ahead face the right things have the conversations listen put it into practice and then begin to live a different life and, you know, if you do those things, if, if you will fear the right things, if you'll face the right things, then you'll find the right things. Mm. Then you'll find the right things. And that should encourage all of us. And you may say, well, I'm not going to have the same story as you. You know, I, we're, we're not going to be together 20 years. We're not going to date seven. That's all right. You're going to have your story. But, but when you fear the right things, when you fear God and you're on mission with him, when you face up to the reality of your season, your situation, who you are, then you find the right things, the things that fit your journey. One of my favorite stories, I went to Hawaii um, to do a conference out there. And, yeah, I know, it was just so hard. Um, <laughs> but, anyway, I, I was out there, and I was, I was reading about this missionary couple who um, evangelized the island of Maui. And there was this huge push for missionaries in the 1800s. And this man and this woman show up at the missionary board in California and they're both single, and they want to go to Hawaii. The only problem was when they got there, the missionary board said, we only send married couples. But they were on mission. And you know what they did? They got married and sailed the next day. That's crazy. That's nuts. They had six kids, so it must have worked out pretty good for them. <laughs> they evangelized the island of Maui. It was unbelievable. But, you know, I, I just have to believe that when they stood at that altar, they weren't thinking about whether they were going to make each other happy. They weren't thinking about whether this person was going to be, you know, um, emotionally supportive. 
Uh, they weren't thinking about all of those things. They were thinking about the mission. Mm. And this is what I will tell you about my relationship with Philip. And this is what I'll tell you about so many of the happy marriages I know of is that they are on mission marriages. Mm, mm, mm. That they're marriages that have a higher purpose mm. than just two people. Mm-hmm. They're marriages where they're running after something that's bigger than themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and as you go through the season of life where you're dating and you're having fun and you're, you're getting to know people from all over and you're having all of these amazing adventures, find a mission Run after it hard, and then look and see who else is running with you. Who else is running with you? When you fear the right things, when you face the right things, then you find the right things. You know, so many times we just, we just get that backwards because we, we want to find the right person. But the reality is, is that we're not fearing the right things. And whenever you get things out of order, they get out of context. And when they get out of context, that's never going to take you to the right place. And so we, we want to find the right thing. We want to find the right person. We want to find the right job. We want, to find, we want to find the right things. But the thing you have to ask yourself is, am I fearing the right things today? Am, 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 am I walking in the fear of the Lord? Am I more, am I more afraid about my popularity or am I more afraid about what God thinks? Am, am, I, am I more afraid of, of pleasing him or am I more fra- afraid about pleasing myself? What, what is my motivation right now? What am, what am I afraid of? And if you're not fearing the right things, can I just tell you, you're not going to find the right thing. It's just not going to work. You're not going to find the right thing. And, and if you're not facing the right things, come on now, if you're not facing the right things in your own heart, if you're not facing the right things in your own mind, if you're not facing the right things in your own habits, if you're not facing the right things in your own behaviors, if you're not facing the right things in your own disciplines, if you're not facing the right things, then it, it, it doesn't matter. You're not going to find the right things. We all want to find the right thing, but can I tell you, there's a process. There's a process. You, 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 you want to make the progress, but, but you got to go through the process you got to go through the process that's going to give you the progress in life that you want. And you say, wow, man, I would love that. I would love 20 years together. I would love 13 years of marriage. I, I would love, me and my wife, we, we are absolute best friends. We, we want to spend time together. I'm not one of those like, I want to go hang with the boys and let's, no, no, no. I want to spend every moment with her. If I get a chance to travel, I want to travel with her. Whatever it is, I want to be with her. She is my absolute best friend favorite person on this planet. But how I got to her, I was not looking for her. I was seeking him. I wasn't trying to find that person. I was walking in the fear of God. I had submitted and surrendered my life to him, and I was running the race that he wanted me to run. And as I was doing that, guess what I was doing? I I was facing the right things in myself. Our early, our early relationship was built on me saying, I've got problems. Yeah. I've got issues. Can you give me some perspective on these things? I, I'm dealing with some sin problems here. There is some deception. There is some dark. I was, facing, I was facing the right things in myself. And whenever I was being honest with myself and honest with her, guess what? I found my favorite person in the process. But it was all because I was fearing the right things and facing the right things that allowed me to find the right things. And I can promise you, it, your story is not going to be our story, but your process will be 
be the same process because it's always the process that leads to progress. It never happens backwards. As much as you would love it to happen backwards, it doesn't happen that way. Because God always has a process to take you to the place that he wants you to go. And, and you know, can we, can we just be honest right now? Man, the, the, the fear of the Lord is a, is a painful process. I mean, when you start to really fear the Lord, guess what? That, you, know what that, you know what that breeds in your life? Holiness. Holiness is hard. I mean, I know you come in and worship and you, you, know, you polish your halo before you come in on 318 Live. I understand that. But, but holiness is hard. 85% of all devices have viewed porn. 85% of all devices yeah. have viewed porn. 85%. That means in this room, there's like hardly anybody who hasn't looked at porn sometime in the last year. Yeah, there's five, five of them. No, I don't think that's... Is, are you sure? 15%, 15% of this room. So what did that be? How no, that would be 15 people. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think my math was a little off. Yeah. That's okay. You're not a mathematician. You're a preacher. So go ahead. Thank you. Yeah. I don't know what I was saying. Now, what was I saying? Can you remind me? You were talking about holiness. Oh yeah, holiness. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Holy, holiness is hard. It's a hard process to to begin to put righteousness into your life. It's hard. But how do you do that? It, it, I mean, can we just, can we, as, as we're just kind of wrapping this talk, talk up, but I really feel this tonight. Like, th- there has to be a fear in our heart that one day, like, you're really going to stand before God. Yeah. Man, if that fear doesn't motivate you, that, that, that today God, God's going to know not just everything that I do, but God's going to know everything that I think today. <laughs> that's going to motivate me to think a little bit different today. That, that's going to motivate me to not let some thoughts linger in my mind longer than they need to linger there. I know I can't help every thought that comes in, but I can help how long it stays there. And so I have to go, God, I, I fear you today. And because I'm fearing the right things, it's going to produce holiness in me and righteousness in me. I'm going to start saying yes to the right things, start saying no to those things that I need to say no to. It's going to produce something in me it is the fear of the right things and so many times we don't want to go through that just give me the right person God because I don't want to go through all of this of, of, of holiness being produced in my life I like my life right now I like the attitude that I have I like the prejudices that I have I like the behaviors that I have I like the places that I go I like the music that I listen to I like these habits I like all, I like all of this God I like it too much to, to begin to fear the right thing to begin to change well God I want the right person I mean I, I want I want my best friend. I want my lifelong partner. I I want this person that we're going to do life with, that we're going to do great things. But come on, it always starts with fearing the right things. And when you begin to fear the right thing, then the fear of of God begins to point out things in your heart. And he says, are you going to face the fact? Are you going to face the fact that you're addicted? Are you going to face that fact? Are Are you going to face the fact that you are a people pleaser? that you will say anything to get a laugh, that you will say anything to be included? Are you going to face that fact or are you going to keep ignoring that? 
Are, are you going to face the right things? And, and because we fear him, because we want holiness and we want righteousness and we want him to transform us and to change us, now he starts pointing at things and says, hey, are you going to face up to this? And if you will begin to face up to these things and you will begin to seek him and ask him to change these things and transform these things and you will get people in your life that are doing what? Speaking wisdom over your life. People that are helping you. People that are holding you accountable. People that are sharing God's word with you. People that are sharing their testimony and their experience with you so that they can equip you and empower you and move you further down the road. Whenever you begin to do that and you begin to face the right things, now all of a sudden, now and only then do you become a candidate to find the right thing. It doesn't happen backwards. It doesn't happen backwards. And I, and I know we, all, we would all love it to happen backwards. I mean, just be honest. I mean, everybody, you, you want the, the quick fix, the blessing. I mean, that's why you buy lottery tickets. You just give me give me two hundred million. I don't want to have to really work for it, but just give me two hundred million dollars. I don't want to really have to work to be the right person. I just want to find the right person. You'll never find the right person if you're not the right person. And you become the right person by fearing the right things and facing the right things. And whenever you do that, then you you'll end up and you'll you'll find the right thing. You'll find your destiny. You'll find your your destiny. <laughs> find your destiny. That was good. I like that. Yeah, that was, that was good. It just but, but you know, Philip, if you're committed to the process in the search, then you'll be committed to the process once you've found who you're going to spend your life with. Because you don't find your husband. This is the best thing that I've ever heard anybody else say. It, it does not come from me. You don't find your husband. You don't find your wife. You find boys and girls mm. who you decide to become Jesus passionate followers with and then you get married and you start doing the hard work of becoming a wife and a husband so if you think that oh well this is too much process for the choosing wait until you do premarital counseling wait until you put a ring on it because that's when the process really begins but if you start the process the commitment to process now if you start the commitment to fearing the right things now, then when you're in marriage and you're tempted to be a certain way or to act a certain way, you'll be fearful of God. And you'll treat your spouse right because that's God's kid. See, it, it, it all has a pattern to it. It doesn't stop at the altar. When we're committed to fearing the right things, when we're committed to facing the right things, then we find the right things over and over and over and over. If this message encouraged you and you want to know more about 318 Live, go ahead and visit our website, 318live.co. And we hope that you have the best day ever. Thank you.